Good evening and welcome to a live edition of the ONG Strike Zone. I'm Brian Fulford, joined by my Rattler brothers from another mother, Kelvin Rozier and Kofi Hemingway. Uh, Happy Founders Week to you brothers. Obviously, it's not Monday when Founders Day was, but it's Founders Week uh, as Rattlers far and wide celebrated the 135th birthday of Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. So, uh, Kelvin, Kofi, happy Founders Day to you, brothers. Happy, happy Founders, Founders Day, Week, brother. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, so what's been what's been happening, guys? What what's good? How's uh, how's everybody feeling? Kofi, it's good to have you, man. We we missed you last week. Uh, obviously, no, the, the show changed on. <laughs> Kelvin maybe didn't. I missed you, Kofi. Somebody missed you over here. I There's a few people you, in the chat room. That oh, boy, Some folks are trying to be shady. <laughs> yeah, hey, I've known them all my life. I I can miss them a day or two. Right. I got you. I got you. Well, everything's good. Kelvin, how you been doing over the past uh, few days since we last saw each other? Man, I'm doing good, man. I'm catching up on some things, getting some- you know, checking check boxes and everything, making it happen, brother. So now I'm focused in. We had a part of the time where, you know, we've got multiple sports going on uh, across our pl- different platforms and um, and season. So, man, I'm, I'm in a, it, it, it's, it's fall season now. The weather doesn't start cooperating. Man, I'm, I'm good, man. It's beautiful. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I was uh, found myself in the midst of being up real late at night or early in the morning, just trying to uh, ho- hopefully you guys out there have seen the clips that uh, we put together from coach McCullum and coach pillow from their virtual media days last week. Hopefully you had a chance to watch them either on Facebook or on the YouTube uh, page, but if not, i uh, love for you to go check that out. And, uh, and you know, even, to, uh, uh, hopefully Marcus put some good, info out there on Friday's show regarding the roster for our women's team. So if, if you didn't get a chance to to catch Friday's show, there's some uh, some good nuggets there that uh, Marcus put out there for us. So go take a look at that when you can. A uh, quick reminder for everyone watching, if you're on YouTube or Facebook, go ahead and hit that thumbs up button. Make sure to like the feed, the stream. Hopefully you're following us on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. And then uh, we'd love for you to go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google and Apple Store. Uh, What is it? The Google Play and Apple Store, Apple App Store. I I say that all all the time. I can't never be consistent with it. Just search my JBM, my BCSN. Our show is a part of the Black College Sports Network. And all of our shows in podcast form 
on the BCSN Pod Zone, everywhere you download and listen to podcasts. We got a busy show tonight. We got a triumph, not only the triumvirate of hosts, but we got a triumvirate of guests. Uh, coming up at the bottom of our number one, the uh, the FAMU Director of Communications and Digital Strategist, the man who's behind all the great social media stuff that you guys are seeing out there, Joshua Padilla is going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. Tell us a little bit about what he does, how he does it. And, uh, I mean, he, he just grinds, man. He puts out some great stuff. And, I mean, it, it really, we are one of the premier HBCUs, one of the premier colleges uh, in Division One when it comes to that social media stuff. So uh, we'll get a chance to talk to Josh about that. Top of hour two, Brad Gillins will be joining us. We're going to break down the South Carolina State matchup. Of course, the Rattlers on the road for the first time in about a month. Um, really since, uh, what really since the orange blossom classic, I guess. Yeah. We, we haven't been on the, yeah, yeah it's been, that's been that long, um, since we've been on the road. So we're traveling to South Carolina, a nasty, nasty environment, but, uh, we're going to chance to get a chance to ruin their first home game of the season. And then at the bottom of hour two, we're going to talk to our good friend, uh, an, an OG, as we like to call him here, friends of the ONG, uh, Coach Mike Rice. Uh, I, I guess I, I don't know. I'm going to say returning FAMU men's golf coach. All right, let's first get into the recaps from the past week. Um, all wins for football and volleyball. We're going to start with the football game against Mississippi Valley State. Of course, Rattlers win that one, 34 to seven. Our 13th consecutive win at Bragg Memorial Stadium. Um, you know, it, it's one of those one of those ball games where, you know, defensively defensively showed up. Defense really only gave up one play, uh, one breakdown. Um, the offense it took about a half for to really get clicking, but I don't think it was ever a game that. We, you know, here's the thing, guys. We look at the score, and it's a good win. Fam, you covered the 14 and a half, probably is maybe even 20. Fam, you covered, but it didn't look like an explosive game that many of us thought. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give that over to Valley. I'm not gonna say that's because Valley's trying, but it just wasn't the type of explosive game that many people thought we were going to have. So I'll start with you, Kofi, because I see you're shaking your head. I'm going to come to you first. Be patient with me, baby. Uh, <laughs> what are your takeaways and any concerns you have after the game against Valley? I really feel, you know, actually I feel pretty good about this team. Um, let me first say um, that Valley did have something to do with how we perform. Uh, I think the reality that we need to understand is that um, we're not necessarily an explosive team. We're not. And we haven't been an explosive team for the last two years. The only explosive person or uh, player that we really had uh, last year was really Bishop Bonnet. So when you look at the injuries that we've had, in particular on offense, um, you know, uh, Xavier, as good as he is, he's not a speedster. He's not an explosive 
uh, type of player. He's a guy that's going to get you on your route running. He's a timing guy. Uh, Sheree, also the same thing. Uh, he's got a little bit more speed than Zay. But, you know, we're, we're not overly fast and overwhelming out wide. Um, you know, which means that it, re it literally comes down to our execution. Um, we had several third downs um, that were there for the taking. Xavier dropped the ball. Manigo dropped the ball. Uh, I think one of the tight ends dropped the ball on third down. That's literally, you look at those three series, that's 21 points that we left on the board. Um, and then, of course, you know, just really with the play calling, when you have one back in the backfield <laughs> who's not explosive, it's kind of predictable to be like, okay, well, who's going to get the ball? Well, it looks like it's only one person back there. They know we're not going to do a quarterback draw. So guess what? They give him the ball, he gets stopped. Valley's defense is good enough that they can, you know, they've got playmakers on their on their squad where, you know, they got transfers too. So although I knew that we were better, I think explosive, you know, people want to see us get to that, but there are a lot of determining factors. I'll make this point and I'm going to pass it off. This team has had to overcome more than any other FAMU squad in recent history. And that in itself has to be taken into account in terms of how the team is performing, beginning with all of the compliance issues, okay, then having to publicly address, confront, and deal with that, and give energy to the administration and let them know what's working, what's not working, what's not fair. Once these people are gone, you have to know that that conversation is still going on in the locker room. Dr. Robinson came down here and blah, 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 blah. When you should have been focusing on or could have been focusing on the game, you can't because of all of this stuff. We got tickets. We got nutritional issues. We've got scholarship issues. We've got compliance issues. Okay, so President Robinson addresses all of that. Then comes the fact that you lose your opening game. You lose one of your offensive linemen to injury. You come back the following week and literally get blown out on national TV and the worst loss to an HBCU in FAMU's history. Uh, on national TV, we made Jackson State look extremely good. But at the same time, you know, look at the preparation the week before. No wondering if Isaiah is going to be a part, whether or not he's not going to be a part. Then in addition to that, our schemes are outdated and people got hard-headed and didn't want to change. That's that's another issue. That's another conversation altogether. All right. So then you have Albany State. They come in. Then you have uh, Alabama and them. You play pretty good against them, play a nice little game, do well, X, Y, Z. Then you play the next week. And guess what? It's an entire hurricane heading towards the state. So now is it coming towards us or is it going off? We don't know. Well, guess what? We might have to play in Birmingham. We might have to play in Atlanta. We might have to play in Mobile. If you don't think that that's going to affect your preparation, something is off. It definitely does. Okay? 
Then in addition to that, you got players who are down south, who have families down south, who are concerned about their family members down south. Is mama okay? Is daddy okay? Is the house still up? Is this still going on? All of this stuff is contributing to how the teams are forming. Not to mention, we still have the compliance issues of wondering whether or not certain people are going to be free this week to play. This team has had to deal with so much. In addition to the circulation rumors, hey, you know they said, Willie, this is his last, you know, and then, you know, I wonder if, oh, you know, when we going to get an AD? All of this stuff is a major issue and it has to be it has to be a part of the discussion in terms of how the team is performing and it 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 definitely i believe that it definitely had a factor in our overall performance in our timing and with our technique but the good thing is we're still winning these games and while the standard is the standard um i'm looking for this team to uh, show forth in these next two weeks. We're going to see. Man, beautiful points, Kofi. Thank you for reminding us about some of those things. Kelvin, what do you want to add in terms of biggest takeaways, biggest concerns from the game? Kofi hit on a lot of points that I was going to go go after. Um, when you look at, the, you know, when I watched the game and everything, uh, you you felt like, you know, that, that we underachieved somewhat, even though we won a game convincingly. But then when you put things in perspective, then you realize that, you know, we're probably a little more too too, too critical of this team right now. And and here's what I why I say that, right? I'm looking at the statistics, first of all. Badley had 192 yards total offense for the game. Right, right. We had 408. And we liber- liberally substituted for a quarter. We, we called the dogs off, right? Right, um, right, I saw that. Yep. We only had eight penalties, 86 yards. We were nine of 18 on third downs, which is 50%, which is pretty good. Uh, we, we had time of possession. So when you look at the stats, the stats bear out that we dominated this game, and right. and we won by twenty some points, right? So, so twenty seven. Why, why, why do we feel like you know that you know for some reason um, we should have did better? You got to remember, Valley scored first against um, Jackson State the week before. Mm-hmm. They played uh, 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 out of conference PWCs and and. Um, and held their own, so they're not a they're not a garbage team. They're not a team that you would normally beat fifty six to zero. Not these last couple of years. They're, they 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 they're competitive. Now to what Kofi pointed out, and so you know I'm, I'm kind of in between because you know I you know these are facts. You know the the compliance issues, the 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 interim AD issues, the hurricane issues, and how that messes up your 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 practice schedules. Uh, you know with classes. Then then the point he made about the Orange Blossom Classic, where you had bowling, some of those guys not getting down to Friday. The team left on Wednesday. Um, um, 
Some other things I, 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 I jot down, injuries. We've had a lot of ton of injuries to major contributors on both sides of the ball, along with all this other stuff. Um, and um, I think something that we don't talk about enough, two things, coaching changes. We had, what, three, four coaches leave, like, July and August. So, so they left late going into the season. And then the, the second thing that I don't think we talk about, our schedule was front-loaded. Once we played South Carolina State, we don't play the best teams on our schedule. And we played in the first five weeks. So when I look at it from that standpoint, we get more healthier and so forth. Uh, this team is resilient. This staff is resilient. And we are what we thought we would be other than perhaps the Jackson State game at this point. We see the expectations in our minds, the first game against North Carolina and that loss, and, and, and we, we definitely uh, fell flat against Jackson State second game. But we, we're kind of on schedule in spite of all those things we just listed. We're on schedule still. So now the only, the only part to this move forward is um, can we win on the road? Uh, against good competition, and that's what these next two weeks approve. Not only is it South Carolina State first home game, but when we play Grambling next week, it's their first home game. So we're right. definitely going to get their best shot. We, we we're tested, we battle tested, we done had adversity, and we're getting healthier. So I, I'm I'm very optimistic and hopeful um, that we'll 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 just continue to get better. But we got to see it. But it was a good well win. Said, it was a solid re- win. Re- uh, under those circumstances, yeah. it's a solid win. Yeah, resilient rattlers. I love it. I love it. That's a that's a great uh, that's a great way to to categorize it. Um, I you know I I guess for for me just in terms of jotting notes down, it, it you know just the fact they were playing Valley, and then I think the 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 energy from the what 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 was shocking is a little bit the energy from the crowd. Now, obviously, I was not there. Uh, but you know the crowd. Now remember, we had the controversy with the uh, we can call it uh, the attendance numbers, right, from the previous home game versus this home game. And I saw a few a few tweets from some people. I got some messages from people where obviously the listed attendance at the uh, the A and M game was like seven thousand, but we all know there was like eighteen, nineteen in the building. <laughs> and then someone sent me a t- text when they saw the crowd and said, okay, yeah, this, this game looks more like seven, 8,000, the Valley game than the last week. So I don't, you know, if I just look here on the stats, what the official attendance numbers were, let me see if I can pull them up here quickly on the box score sheet, 10,699. So, you know, uh, the, the hundred didn't perform that, that was kind of, you know, they weren't even dressed. They were kind of in their, their, their casual uh, sweatsuit, travel gear, uh, that was kind of weird. And that, that was on the heels of just total side note here. I saw somebody tweet out, somebody from North Carolina ENT, that their band actually didn't even go to the game. They just, like, they were playing, like, Bryant or somebody out of the, their, their conference. And I didn't even know bands didn't show up for home games. But anyway, so I, I guess it was just an energy thing that, that – uh, all contributed to a very, uh, just from a parent standpoint, a very a very different environment than what we're used to seeing 
in Bragg. But as you guys all pointed out, great points by all of you. Uh, any game balls? Anybody, if you got a game ball, offense or defense, special teams, Kofi, who's getting your game ball from the from um, Zay. last game against Valley? Xavier right. Smith. I mean, he put on a clinic when it came to his route running. He is playing at a different level. He looks like a senior. He's playing like a senior. He's playing with confidence, boldly. He's running crisp routes. The last touchdown catch that he caught was just a thing of beauty as he, I mean, he made that Valley defender just look as bad as a defender could possibly be, and he was wide open, and it was simply due to the way that he ran that route. He was wide open. And he's been doing that to um, creating space with his route running uh, all year long. Um, the thing that he's going to have to obviously overcome, which is not what we're talking about, you know, but uh, strength and getting off the line against more physical DBs. So once he masters that, I think he can play at the next level. But we'll see. Xavier, 13 catches, 128 yard, two touchdowns. So that's five touchdowns in the past two weeks. Uh, just reading from some of the notes that Josh Padilla put together for the uh, game notes. Uh, Xavier is ranked second in the nation, first in the SWAC, in receptions per game at 8.6. Third in the nation in receiving touchdowns, first in the SWAC, with six now on the year. And 13th in the nation in receiving yards, first in the SWAC with 449 he's also 20th in the nation in all-purpose yards per game second in the swag with 124 yards per game so i i think as long i think there's a comfortability now between musa and smith and obviously it, it, that's opening it up for a lot of other guys it helps having Sharid and you're seeing oxendine and you're seeing uh manigo and uh other guys get catches and he's still finding Zay and just the routes are different. The routes they run for Zay. And I think it's all coming together right now. Kelvin, who do you get game balls to offense, defense, or special teams? I'm, I'm giving it to Zay too, but the other Zay on the defensive side, Isaiah ah, Lane. Okay. Uh, right. You know, we, we've been kind of tough on our defense and they hadn't been living up to the standard. But I, I talked about what the stats were collectively as a defense, and he's the leader. But uh, he had a credible stat line of production against a team that didn't – they weren't on, on the field a whole bunch. And um, right. he still was able to get uh, two tackles for a loss, a sack, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, a quarterback hurry, and three tackles. He had all the buckets. So, absolutely. I, 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 Isaiah's are the players of the game, no doubt. No doubt, no, no doubt. Isaiah Land was also named the East-West Shrine Bowl HBCU Defensive Player of the Week based on his performance against uh, Valley. Of course, those stats you, you just uh, ran out there, so uh, props to him. Uh, also want to give mention to Jeremy Musa, second consecutive week throwing uh, multiple touchdowns. He threw two uh, 45 uh, pass attempts um, with – I think it was 26 completions. He started off really well. I thought his uh, first maybe 15 pass plays, or he was like 9 of 12 or something like that, really high in the in the opening uh, in his first 12 possessions or 
first 12 throws. He, he looked really sharp. He led us down the field. We scored on our opening drive. First time all year that FAMU scored in their opening offensive possessions. That was one of the goals of that game. So uh, props to him for that. He was named the SWAC Newcomer of the Week for his performance in that game. So I think last week, uh, what, Major was the defensive player of the week. And this week, Musa, uh, newcomer. So we're starting to get those awards and recognitions. Um, all right. Hey, uh, just off chance, I know 13 is our current win streak. What is the, what's the, what's the max number? Where, where's the record stand for? Can any, any of you, either of you know offhand? I mean, I can put the know. record book later. No. Interesting. Anybody in the um, chat rooms, and if you anybody who knows what the current if we don't know, is, I know they don't know. I'm guaranteed. If, if, if you got we, that's an Alvin Hollins question. Yeah, I'm telling you I that bet, right now. That's I bet Alvin somebody knows. Hollins question. You watch somebody. Somebody by the end of the show, be looking out for that in the chat rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's. Here's uh, the let's, thing. Here's the thing. Right, yeah. even in the Rudy Hubbard days, we lost games at home. You sure. know. Right. Uh, 75, we lost homecoming to Tuskegee. Um, 76, we lost to Tennessee State at home. 77, we were undefeated. But then 78, we lost to Tennessee State at home. 79, lost to Tuskegee. 80, lost to A&T, Grambling. Uh, who else we lost? We lost to one more team at home. Um, we were playing at Campbell. 81, I think we... We lost to Jackson State at home. So what you're seeing now, even the Billy Joe era, um, that was the last time we had an extensive streak at home, but we've since exceeded that because at that time we were playing a bunch of classics and um, both both the Atlanta Classic and the Orange Blossom Classic uh, away from Tallahassee. And I think we played a couple of games in Jacksonville. So the streak that you're seeing now is a significant one. Yeah. Um, well, we'll uh, we'll get into the, talking about the that. longest streak had there been in the Jake Gaither days. Going Jake Gaither days. All right. Well, I, I'm you know question of the day right now. What's the what's our longest current home win streak? What's the record? You know, obviously 13 is a pretty good number. It's actually second in the nation, I think, uh, behind like North Dakota State, Montana and somebody else in the FCS level. So it's uh, it's a pretty good run. That's a few seasons. And so um, what's crazy is I remember the last loss. That's that's how you know a streak, how long it is when you remember the last loss. All right, so we're not quite there where it's been a super long time, but we still remember the last loss. All right, before we go to the break, got to get in a mention about our volleyball team. Uh, the Lady Rattlers went up to Alabama on Sunday and Monday and took on Alabama State, Alabama A&M. They found themselves down 0-2 after the first two sets against the Hornets. But uh, we did what we do, and we rallied. We showed up big time in that uh, in that match, uh, managed to uh, push it to a fifth set, and ended up winning that fifth set by a count of 15-11. to 11. Um, God bless any of you who tried to watch it on YouTube. I know I tried, but it was just kind of – I don't know what kind of feeds they had some issues with the feeds, but um, needless to say, uh, giving some credit here to uh, Brooklyn Watts, who finished the afternoon with a season high uh, 21 kills to go alongside 13 kills from Dominique Washington. 
Um, no, excuse me, 21 kills to go alongside 11 kills, while uh, Dominique Washington, respectively, added 16 and 12. Um, that was in the uh, those last two sets uh, for for the ladies. Uh, Iram Ukar had a season high and game high 48 assists. Then we came back, uh, traveled. I think let's see, they were in Montgomery, so that means then they had to go what north. They had to go north to Huntsville to take on Alabama A&M. We did what we do. We swept them 3-0. And so now the Lady Rattlers have a 15-game SWAT streak going right now. That's including postseason play, I believe. So I think they're including postseason conference tournament play as well. 15 in a row. We're off to a great start in conference. 3-0 record, 6-11 overall. Uh, we got some honors. We actually swept the SWAC volleyball honors again. Uh, Brooklyn Watts was named the offensive player of the week for the first time this season. And she was also the newcomer of the week for the second straight week. Uh, Brooke Hudson earned her fourth defensive player of the week award. And 2021 setter of the year, Iramu Carr earned her third setter of the week award. So, uh, fellas, I got a feeling we're going to be, we're going to be in the hunt in those postseason awards once again. So, uh, we'll talk about the ladies and their upcoming schedule here, uh, shortly, but let's take a break and come back with, uh, our interview and our conversation with Joshua Padilla right after this. You're watching the ONG strike zone. We'll be back in two minutes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Carlos Brown letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Coles Brown Show and Black College Sports Network, online at www.mybcsn.net, and on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. Five-star backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loop machine. Go around 
vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield, never not working. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. strike zone brian kelvin kofi here uh want to give a shout out to our friends watching us on youtube and facebook of course dr Lori wilson in there managing the chat room on youtube um i know uh, i saw chuck hunt over there on uh facebook watching us kenneth Rozier, b starks dim boys mary 305 tamra t uh all jumping in uh kylan chavis Double uh, O C in the house. Uh, Edwin Moore, uh, Marcus, got you in there. I see you, Marcus. Um, Montre Bennett, also Avis Heat jumped in there. Hashtag Co Rattlers from Avis Heat. What? Kofi, you must be you must be warming up to Avis. Uh, you must you must be you must be you know helping him out there. Huh? A lot of love there. That's a lot of love. All right, we'll see how long Everybody that lasts. Helping out Avis. Avis. <laughs> or either Everybody helping he Avis out. Hey, or either he tried not to get was trying not to by Doctor Lauren this week. One of the two. You're right, yeah, that's Dr. what it is. <laughs> 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 tried not to get sniped. Hey, all right. That's all love. Shout out to everybody. So, hey, while we uh, wait on our guests, uh, I guess that'll give us a time we can get into talking about happenings around the SWAC uh, because it is an interesting perspective. Obviously. Happening right now, the Board of Trustees, Florida A&M University Board of Trustees, is having their meetings this month. Actually, they were supposed to have a meeting with athletics this afternoon, but that got postponed uh, as all of the other departments, uh, you know, were, were doing all their stuff and, and getting all their reports in. So athletics will be first thing in the morning. For those of you who want to jump on the Zoom feed at 830 in the morning, uh, and and hear what the latest is. Uh, as far as we know, we know nothing. We have heard nothing. People have been tight-lipped, quiet. Nobody is talking. I, I don't know if that's by plan or if that's because we just don't have a decision yet. 
Okay, so I'll keep moving. So I look like you were going to jump in there. But anyway, what is of interest and no I know you were. While we still waiting to see what happens with our AD search, another SWAC school made a decision to remove, terminate the contract of their athletic director. Uh, This comes Tuesday uh, from, I'm reading from si.com here, HBCU Legends, uh, Kyle Mosley, Prairie View Fires Athletic Director, Dr. Reed, Prairie View President, Dr. Ruth Simmons, terminated the contract per uh, sports reporter Mark Berman. Now, Reed, Dr. Reed told Berman that he, quote, will not be continuing in this position effective immediately. A national search to identify an outstanding candidate will begin at once. In the interim, John Gardner, chair of the Athletics Committee, will step in as director until a new leader is named. Continuing, Dr. Simmons gave a statement and insight insight into what? what may yeah have precipitated a statement reads and a, insight a statement insight the president okay. of the university she says from the university president of prairie view AM, she says quote for months i had been hearing about the fact that things were not functioning well in the department and it was causing severe problems for our athletes uh dr simmons stated Culminating two weeks ago, when the football team went to Alabama State, they arrived at the airport and there was no plane to take them to the game. They waited five hours for a plane to come and transport them. Nevertheless, they won the game and I kept asking, how did this happen? Because they had a horrible experience. We had no choice but to set this on the right course and do this as quickly as possible. I take full responsibility as president. I have to full make responsibility. decisions. Hold on, hold on. I have to Not take full responsibility as president. I have to make those decisions when it's necessary. A new search will begin for Reed's successor. Wow. Uh, Can we get? Never mind. That is called leadership from the top, the tippy top. She uh, did that. She did that. That's the way you cut down confusion and have alumni send you a bunch of emails, wondering what's going on. The only way you get clarity in the midst of confusion is to have a conversation. Make a statement. Tell us why. Otherwise, you open the door to unnecessary speculation. Unnecessary speculation. You know, people like, well, wait a minute now. You know, he, you know, because she brought clarity. She she didn't go into a whole bunch of stuff. She acknowledged the fact that the alumni and a bunch of athletes, the athletes were concerned. They had been talking about the number of things that have been going on in the department. And to top it all off, she named a situation, mm-hmm. the, and it was clear as to why this move had to be made. Unlike Dr. Robinson, who sat right there with all of the goodwill that uh, Courtney Gauthier had done, 
and all of the great things that he had done to fire him out of the blue, you know, to most of Rattler Nation, that just looked crazy. Then you didn't even take the time to make a statement because apparently the stuff that you had had to have been shady. It had to have been shady. Mm. It could not have been forthcoming. If it's forthcoming, say what happened so that we can move on, so that we can have an understanding, so that we can move forward. That's what leaders do. This is why we did it. We're at a point right now where we had to go in a different direction. That's where we at. Kelvin, your, 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 your thoughts when you hear the president of a university with uh, such strong and definitive words. Come on, man. Dr. Robinson getting paid five, seven, almost $700,000. Give me a break. <laughs> Make a statement. Hey, I, I, I'm, I'm impressed not by the statement itself. That is a solid, strong statement. But I'm impressed because the statement matches the action, right? Yes. I've been hearing stuff. I've been checking this stuff out. My student athletes couldn't travel. Well, we heard that at. Sound familiar. Stakeholders so, concerned about the primary right. stakeholders. Yeah, I, I got to make it right. I can't have my athletes and coaches out there like that. I got to make it right. I'm the president. I take full responsibility. Talk, hey, and I'm going to do. They won. She, she pointed out. She pointed out the fact not that not. she pointed out the fact they still won. With all of the adversity, yeah. they won, and they deserve better than the experience that they had. Damn. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so as a ex military guy, you know this. This is this is what leadership looked like to me. Number one, and um, I know we're gonna talk about our AD search process. Um, I tell you the one thing I took away outside of that statement, though, um, with this particular AD, and looking at um his background, this was his first time in HBCU land, so to speak. Uh, he had been at Buffalo about 13 years, and then he was at Iowa State prior to that for about seven years. So he had about 20 years of experience when he came to AM in 2021, somewhere around the COVID time. And he, he made it about a year, basically. And uh and this this happened. So I, I found I find that interesting in this sense. And to me, it, it fits kind of what happened in our situation. Sometimes people are qualified. And they know how to do certain things, but they are better fit in a in, in a situation where there's structure and resources. Not everybody can work without resources and structure. And I think we 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 saw it play it out with our previous administration, and um, I think we see that it, it happen at our sister institution also. And um, so so I, I just want to make note of that because I, I did pick that up. Here's here's my thing, right? And our HBCUs, we talk about our culture and our lack of resources. Kudos to the family students that, of course, are taking the next step and suing the state. That's a whole different story so we can have more resources. That being said, how long are we going to sit back and allow our lack of resources to be a, to be an excuse? At what point do we put the necessary infrastructure in place so that we can be consistently successful? Sooner or later, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. This is how you get a school 
like Campbell, who comes in after only playing football for 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. 3,000 yes. students, and they are able to knock off a team in North Carolina Central who had already beaten North Carolina A&T. Um, and they very well could defeat Jackson State, and they had the number two recruiting class in the entire country, the darn Camels from Campbell. Fighting Campbell, fighting Camels, fighting Camels. And, and fam, you has been around for decades, for 135 years. We've been playing football for decades, and we can't seem to put in the necessary infrastructure because people won't get out the way. Or you lack the authority and the balls to tell them to get out of the way so that we can do what we need to do. Sooner or later, you got to put the infrastructure in place so the house can stand. You have to lay a foundation. You have to build an infrastructure and build it up to code so that when the winds come, when the storms do come, your house does not fall to the ground. Sooner or later, we got to do it. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll take a look and, and see, uh, you can start, you can start, what, what are the odds? If any, any of you are odds makers out there or part-time odds makers, what are the odds that Prairie View A&M has an athletic director before Florida A&M? Uh, we've already seen Ooh, one school. I do don't it. know, but I, look, there have been, there have been rumors about this guy getting out of there for months. Um, yes. and talking with Prairie View alum, they've been ready for him to go. Um, the team not flying out was the straw that broke the camel's back. Huh? Yeah. I said he'd only been there since 2020. So yeah, but they've been trying, you know, just literally he was staying office. He wasn't a good fit to the culture. Um, he didn't get along with the university officials, all of that stuff. It really does matter. You know, now I guess that may be why uh, they have not pulled the trigger on our search yet in terms of whether Angelos would be a fit or not. Um, You know, for me, everything that I've seen makes it seem like he would be a fit, you know, with the know-how if you're willing to make it work. And I think that our administration and the people that are in seats of authority at FAMU need to take on the mindset that, you know what, we've, we've been dysfunctional for far too long. Let's see what we need to do to make this work. I don't want to hear a bunch of excuses about why it ain't working. It, it obviously ain't working. Stop defending it. This is a system that does not work or lead to our overall success. We need to stop it. We need to cut it and change it so that we can have a put in a system that does work. You know, that day has to end, and it ends when leadership says, you know what, let's give this guy our full support. Let's get behind this guy. Let's do what we need to do, or whoever they choose to put in there, let's get behind him, and let's find a way to make the right things happen on the highest of seven hills. All right. Um, so that's off the off the field and court for the SWAC. Let's go to stuff that happened on the uh, on the field. 
from this past Saturday as we go through the uh, SWAC roundup all around us. Of course, we'll start with the games featuring <coughs> the Eastern Conference, or not Eastern Conference, but uh, Eastern Division. Alabama A&M and Bethune-Cookman uh, played a game back and forth. Lots of points, lots of production. I, I believe it was A&M's homecoming, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they ended up winning the ball game 35-27. to 27. Uh, You know, we, now we got a we got a taste of A&M the week before. So uh, it was kind of interesting watching them jump out to an early 14-0 lead, and then they kind of do what they've done all year, which is give that lead up. Uh, so it was like tied up at 14 at the half. Then they actually traded scores um, in the third quarter until A&M kind of took a lead with 33 seconds remaining in the third quarter. But their big back, obviously, they've got two almost like a thunder and lightning combination with their backs. Uh, it was their big guy, uh, sophomore Donovan Eaglin, the big guy, number seven. If you remember number seven from the A&M FAMU game, uh, he's the young man uh, from Houston, Texas. Uh, had 200-plus yards from scrimmage and three scores in that contest as uh, they ended up winning that game. Uh, 35 to 27. Both teams put up over 450 yards practically. I mean, Bethune had like 448. AM had 459. Um, you know, I thought, I don't know, did Jalen, Jalen Jones, was he passing? Was he the quarterback of record right now for Bethune? Uh, yeah, he is. So, I mean, he threw for 353 yards. That kid Xavier Langford for A&M had another good day as he threw for three touchdown passes. So, uh, that was that was an interesting ball game. You guys got any thoughts on the Bethune A&M game there? No, not really. I mean, no. I, I picked Cookman. I thought that they were going to pull it out based off what I saw. But I'm not shocked that A&M found a way to get this game. And uh, – you know the thing that's never factored in. I'd be interested to see what the penalty were, what the penalties were in the box score, um, in terms of seeing how that yeah. affect possibly could have affected the game. Each each team had uh, over well ten or more. Bethune had eleven for eighty yards, and A and M had ten for eighty yards. So that's a uh, twenty one total okay. penalties. Yeah, for both teams. So it was just one of those. Yeah, it was. One of those games. I, I don't think I heard you say you didn't have anything there. Anything to add on that one, Kelvin? No, I just thought that uh, you know um, Alabama and A&M at home was a touchdown uh, better than Bethune, and that's the way it played out. Yep. Uh, jumping over to the West in the Bluff, as they like to call it, in not Buff in the Bluff. Uh, I think that's where they call it down there where Southern plays, right? Uh, yeah. They yeah. put up over 500 yards on Arkansas Pine Bluff, 550 to be exact, as they just opened up a can of whoop stick on Arkansas Pine Bluff in the third quarter, outscoring them 35 to nothing in the third quarter on their way to a 59 to 3 win. UAPB now was without uh, their primary starting quarterback, um, um, Skyler Perry. The reason I believe may have been due to an injury. He did not. Uh, he did not. No statistics of whatsoever. So he was not in the game. Um, but Sean McCray accounted for five touchdowns, four passing, one rushing, 
Um, so I know he took a lot of criticism and a lot of heat the week before. But now, you know what's interesting, and we'll talk about this later, Southern now, two and two, two blowout wins against, you could say, yeah, okay, meh, opponents. One of them was a uh, NAIA school, and one of them was a team without their starting quarterback, and then they have two bad losses. So uh, who, who knows? Who knows what? I think we're going to find out the real Southern this upcoming weekend. Uh, so there's that. Definitely the, the next State two Fair, weekends. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the State Fair Classic, uh, the G's are not going on the helmets anytime soon as Prairie View won their fifth in a row <laughs> over Grambling, 34 to 14. Uh, I think they got, I think they scored like 27, I think it was 27-0 before Grambling scored a couple of touchdowns. I, I don't know if you guys watched this game or got a chance to watch it. Opening drive for Grambling, they actually scored a touchdown, but it got called back due to a penalty, and I don't think Grambling sniffed the end zone again until late in the fourth quarter, maybe third quarter. But, uh, uh, yeah, so. (laughs) Yeah, no Gs. I mean, what do you guys make of the motivation that's stupid. I, I, that's, I, I think that that's that, that's dumb. That's just dumb. You try to take the try to take the rail off the of our orange helmets, off our helmets, man. You know, no, we 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 we, we, try, we try to hear that. Now there was a time where helmets were all orange, and we didn't have all orange. I was going to say yes. There was back a time day. we had all. Yes, but, yes. but that was back in the day. You try to take that rally head off our time out. You kids got to earn it or earn it. Hell, you gave them a scholarship. They playing. They done earned it. You got to coach it. You know what's, what's funny is when coaches try stuff like that, that's something you try in the preseason, before the season, right? Because you want kids to earn the, the whatever you have on the helmet, right? I've never seen a team two games into the season. Take he did it in off. Cleveland, and it didn't work. There's no, there's no logo so, on the Cleveland helmet. What so are you talking I, I, about? I'm gonna say, they I, took I'm gonna say something that's a little bit. I, I, I'm, oh I'm, I'm gonna say God. something a little, a little tough, right? The, Go let, ahead. That's what happens when you hire a coordinator as a head coach. Ooh. Who is not a head coach? He's not a leader of men. I don't disagree with you. I've been saying I've I've been saying it to whoever wants to listen, but you know, I people people want to be. He, in, he know, was the out. head coach of the Raiders and the Browns for a minute. He just and, was and he's got uh, exactly. That's the point. Yeah. Again. Again. That is the point. I, I, that's the point. He's not that's a successful I, head coach guy. Kelvin and I are on the same page. And look, Hugh talks a good game, and he's probably a good man and all that stuff. But in terms of performance on the field at at the head, yeah, it hadn't been there. And I would just, I'm just interested to see it work at Grambling and how long. Let me let me say this though. Let me say this, okay? They are a very dangerous squad. Who? You saw that Jackson State game. You saw what they were capable of doing. They've got size up front. They've got size out wide, and they've got speed. The issue is whether or not these guys can literally dial in and remain motivated and find their lane of execution. 
can you give, can you put together a scheme and a game plan that's going to be beneficial for the players and the personnel that you have right now? Can you do that? That is the question that uh, that obviously is before them. You know, I'm 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 kind of disappointed at Grambling just because I knew last year that they had potential. Um, they had a decent squad last year, and then they added more talent to that squad this year. You would think that this squad would be better, but right now they're not showing it at all. Um, last game you got to get think, to. Hey, hey, Brian, Brian, real quick. Yes. I think at yes, this please. point in the season, especially when you're losing, you, you, you are who you are. And um, COVID is more optimistic for Grambling than I am. The only shot in the arm I see is they've been on the road six weeks in a row. So their first home game against us, we're going to get their best shot. You better believe it. And they are dangerous and their for us. Their schedule is but, but not they've been pretty, on the road. I mean, yeah, they've been on the road. Their their schedule is not pretty whatsoever. I mean, they continue to play tough opponents, and, and obviously they're on the road again this upcoming Saturday. So it's it's no no breaks for Grambling. I it, it makes you wonder about the schedule. Like, did Grambling on? Did I miss a probation? Why is Grambling playing their first home game in the middle of October after like five six games? Did I miss? They something? don't draw at home anyway. Their biggest draws are out on the roads or really at classics. Um, it would make sense, though, schedule-wise, if they want to give themselves a legitimate opportunity to win games. It seemed like their scheduling person would have scheduled more home games to try to build up um, the confidence and stuff at home. But, you know, this is what happens when you have that change in regime, which is a change in philosophy with both your AD, and then you get a head coach. And the schedule was done before uh, Hugh Jackson got there. But nonetheless, um, you know, I, I would challenge the Gramlingites, you know, to start actually coming to the games. I'm looking at the fact that in Dallas, they drew 53,000 people. Exactly. 53,000, you know. Yeah. And neither Prairie View or Gramlin draw well at home. Draw well at home. Yes, that's a great point. Neither one of them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so when we when we you talk know, about case, you know just looking at the whole Southern game, they're playing Southern this week at home. If that game doesn't sell out, I'm like Prairie View people, like you all are. What is going on? Yeah, you know it makes you it makes you wonder what what these schools aren't doing and what what what's the disconnect? Why can't they connect with their community? I, I'm just asking a rhetorical question. I mean, this isn't anything we have to get into a deep discussion about, but it's more of a Where's the disconnect? And, and and you have beautiful stadiums. You have historic stadiums. I mean, that hole in Grambling, I think that's what it's called, is a historic yeah. site. Why why don't they draw more? I mean, is it you know, it's like some of those things, and that's what, you, you know, you hear one of the things Coach Sanders is always talking about right now is about uh, how changing how you do business, right? And so these two schools primarily need to look at how they're doing business and why can't they draw people? Because it's a shame that Grambling is spending half the season, 
you can't you can't build your program when you start the season on the road and then if you go zero and five, who wants to come see you after zero and Class- five? Hey, 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 just my two cent classic itis, right? You've taken your marquee games and made them classics old traditionally over the last thirty years, so you got generations of folks who who have been programmed to only go to classes and not come on your campus and support the team. Um, that was a business business model that they chose at the time and they maintained. So when Dion talk about traditions and you know questioning it, then um, we got to look at some of those programs like that have to look at some of those things and 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 make some 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 more business minded decisions uh very quickly here uh hopefully miss body hopefully mama body's not watching uh texas southern loses 16 to 13 to alabama state uh they were leading going into the fourth quarter i know kelvin i know what you're saying you say i can't trust them well, the week I get behind them, then they go give up 10 points in the fourth quarter, don't score anything, and then they lose by three. I know that's exactly what you're saying, Kelvin. Uh, and this yes. is a game where Alabama State committed 12 penalties for 111 yards, but they still outgained Texas Southern 329 to 220. You only 220 that, yards. Yeah, Alabama State's you know, defense that good? I'm going to say this. Their their defense was pretty decent last year. Um, Their offense, their offensive line um, is a dominant group. They are capable of maintaining control of the line of scrimmage. Um, The thing that they were missing last year was consistency at the QB position. And they didn't have it in key spots and consequently they couldn't get those third down conversions and that kept their defense out on the field entirely too long in key moments. Um, they're, they're slowly coming into their own, um, especially with this new coaching regime and staff and, you know, you know, the thing, the, the, the thing is, you know, Alex Jackson, who was our, offense coordinator and offensive line coach is up there. So, you know, my concern is that he, he knows Willie Simmons scheme uh, backwards and forwards. And we'll probably have a whole bunch of insight in terms of how their defense is going to play against us going forward. So that's going to be an interesting matchup later on down the road and potentially a very tough matchup of, you know, just seeing yeah. well, seeing where we are totally and how forgot. we're mentally prepared to play, but that's going to be a big game. I totally forgot we played Bama State. When when is that? That game is is the week in before the class. Well. Oh Jesus! We've got okay. look, the last four. The last four games on our schedule are huge. Okay, so you have homecoming, which is going to be a big game. Then you got Southern the following week. That's a rivalry game. Then you got Alabama State on the road. That's a rivalry game. Then you got Cookman. Trap game. That's the trap game. Bama State no is the trap, trap game. All of those are big games. If you don't uh, recognize uh, it as a big game, something's wrong with you. Great point. All right, hey, let's take a break because we're ready to talk to Brad Gillins and break down this South Carolina State matchup this upcoming weekend. So let's do that on the other side of this break. You're watching ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. So 
Shop Velvet Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Velvet Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Velvet Online Women's Boutique. advice on managing your anxiety or tools to help you stay grounded, Coping 19 provides a range of resources and self-care tips to help you cope with this pandemic. We can help. Find the resources that work best for you at coping-19.org. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. One bite of 100% Angus beef ballpark frank, and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. Welcome back to the OMG Strike Zone. Brian Kelvin and Kofi, it's a pleasure to be joined by the Director of Communications and Digital Strategy, Mr. Joshua Padilla. Josh, I didn't know you had an office, my man, because I see you always on the move. <laughs> I didn't know you had, look, you got a background. Look, I didn't know you had all that, Josh. How you doing this evening? Doing well, yeah. This is uh, this is the home office. Uh, really, this is actually where my girlfriend shoots her YouTube videos. So uh, she just shot one and had left the lights up. So I hopped in and decided to use her lights. But if you're looking for me, I'm in Gaither 204C. There it is. Gaither 204C. All right. That's where you can always find uh, Mr. Padilla. Josh, hey, uh, thanks for taking time, man. I know it is a very bu- – I mean, look, you just stay busy because there is no uh, – uh, there, there's no lack of stuff going on. Um, first, for people who aren't familiar, let people know kind of what you you have to give the whole uh, the, the definition in the book. But if someone says, well, hey, what do you right. do? Josh, kind of give us the, 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 the abridged version of what you do. Okay, so um, oversee the communications department and our main things, you know, is to one, promote uh family athletics all all of our sports um and you know we do we're in charge of the stats uh, the website um, social media um, photos videos pretty much everything you see that comes from either familyathletics.com or social media comes out of the our department and, and so from you know from from talking to other uh, whether it be director of communications or what we used to call in the old days SIDs and things of that nature, I mean it's a lot of it's a lot of guys who love sports and love numbers. What what kind of 
what was your, you know, growing up, give us a little background on you and how you came to, to love doing this, because I, I feel like doing what you do does require a certain type of love of sports communication and numbers. Right. So um, for me, I was um, actually, I started off when I was an undergrad at FIU, uh, basketball manager on the team and uh, for the basketball team. And I worked my way to full time on staff. Um, so I was assistant director of basketball operations. And one of the things we lacked was social media graphics for recruits. So I kind of just started watching YouTube videos, learned it, picked up on it, um, started making graphics. And then we have recruits come in, take some photos for them on uh, official and unofficial visits. Um, got a job at Middle Tennessee doing social media and making graphics, kind of learned more about photos and such. And um, while I was there, one of the uh, people I worked with knew Courtney very well and <clears throat> introduced him to me once they had the opening and um, they kind of asked me to help them out with a lot of the LeBron stuff. Uh, kind of, so I was like, yeah, you know, it's, it might be fun. So I kind of helped out and kind of led to me meeting Courtney and uh, Keith and MJ. And they brought me on because uh, they liked a lot of things I did at Middle Tennessee since they used to work there and they still followed them. Um, so really all this traditional sports information stuff, I've kind of learned on the fly since I've been here. Um, which has been a lot of fun, though. Uh, but my favorite part really is the student athletes and, and interacting with them and just all the people um, the most. Calvin, go ahead. So, Josh, I, I think we've got, uh, what, 14 active sports right now uh, uh, as, a, as, a, as a program. And I think you, you probably got uh, eight of them going right now. I know – you was uh, doing some with softball earlier. Yeah, we were at uh, so, yeah softball fall game. So so talk about your team, uh, I know, and your resources, and that includes your any um co uh contractors uh consultants that you got that do bits and pieces. Uh, but just kind of talk about your team and what they do. Right. So right now we have one uh, full time assistant, and he's. Uh, primarily secondary football, and then he'll he'll work with baseball and um, during baseball season and help with women's basketball and you know a lot of doing a lot of the website stuff, um, you know, updating the schedules, rosters, and such, and uh, writing some of the recaps. And then I have um, she doesn't come into the office, but OPS um, she she helps out with a lot of the volleyball, doing volleyball game tweets and. Um, doing volleyball recaps and so she she's actually a um, she used to be an associate uh, director at Western Illinois um, and she kind of got out of it but still wants to uh oh there we, I think we lose her in the home in yes, the home night. studio I think we might have lost him there in the home studio there I, uh, he'll come back. Yeah, he'll he'll come back here in just a second. So as soon as we get him to come back, um, well, I will say I will say that. Oh, hey, there you go, Josh. You All go. right, go ahead, finish what you were saying. Got a snipe, y'all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Welcome so, to the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, so overall total between like OPS, um, there's and my full-time assistant, there's four. Some of them are student video, and then um, recently just started more students have been uh, joining and being more involved. A lot of student athletes, uh, a couple of track and field student athletes are, are helping out doing stats for football and writing, um, you know, stories and recaps and previews and such. So um, mainly uh, student volunteers with a couple uh, OPS and um, one full-time, but definitely as far as resources compared to um, where I was, it's definitely much less. And then compared to some of the other SWAC schools, I would say it's probably less than a little bit, um, not by a lot, but just a little bit. And it's still also more than some of the other SWAC schools too. Oh yeah, no, definitely. You, you definitely got more than some folks who ain't who really don't have a uh, social media presence whatsoever. So uh, that's awesome. Go ahead, Kofi. I like the fact that you you know that, but nobody would be able to tell that by the level of uh, productivity that's coming out of your department. So definitely, kudos to you. What I want to ask, of course, is when it comes to resources, are you all able to get like grants that would help? to offset some of that or does it strict or are the funds restricted to come from only one source uh that honestly i do not know you know i i kind of uh just go with what i have and we just get 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 grinding um and I, right if they tell me this is the budget then i kind of go with it um gotcha. and work with what we have right i just um you know, I, I, I've seen, I know genius when I see it. And, you know, obviously you have an eye for excellence and you have an eye of uh, and a, a creative ability um, that is creating a, a level of synergy across the campus that we have not seen. You've literally taken it to another level. So um, the reason why I asked about the grant is uh, I've seen it in other departments or, 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 uh, I've seen other parts of different schools uh, have to go outside the box to get what they need, you know, or to take it to the next level. Um, you know, obviously, I would like to see that happen at Florida University, um, you know, but I, I feel like what you what you what you're bringing to the table is is definitely valuable. And, you know, I'm sure that even from an educational standpoint, um, the foundation could maybe um, find a way to help and assist with that, especially when it comes to investing in our students and our students, athletes and their educational experience and what that would lend to the whole thing. So, uh, be encouraged, my brother, man. I'm excited about having you on the show. <laughs> I appreciate it. But no, I would say, um, you know, I, I definitely can't take full or any, well, I'll take some credit. But definitely a lot of the students, um, I mean, we have some talented students that, that come out and they want to take photos and they want to take videos. Um, you know, I just kind of tell them what to do and kind of give them a little bit of direction. But I definitely would not be able to do what I do without the, you know, students at Florida a and Hubba, thank yeah. you. I, I want to I go back. I want to stay on that for a second because I, I'm, I'm one of those old school 
athletic interns. Like, you know, I, Dexter Martin gave me an opportunity and I met Alvin Hollins. And, me you too. Know, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that, that's where we got our love for FAMU athletics. Um, and you mentioned you have some OPS, you have volunteers who are coming in. I mean, you've got a good mix coming in. I'm sure you got students from journalism department, other departments. Are you, are you, how do, how do you, are you actively trying to get more? Do you still need more? Talk a little bit about that process of gathering those students. Are, are they coming to you? Are you having to put out feelers? Um, because I, I know, like you said, the, 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 you can't do anything about your budget, but it's like you have plenty of inventory and you've got opportunities for a lot of people to get experience. Right. So, um, we put a, during the summer, we did the, uh, we posted the interns on the athletics, um, and a lot of students applied and, um, Kaya over with Rick Brandria as well. They kind of oversee the whole interns and, um, as far as assigning them. So they typically will apply for that or they'll come straight to me, um, or they'll talk to other student workers that work with me and then, you know, ask them about how they can get involved. Um, I did reach out to someone from the J school when I first got here and she told me that we were only allowed to have two interns like from their school at, at a time during the year. Um, so as far as like going through them directly, so it's a couple of SBI uh, students that came by as well um, last year that helped out. That's interesting. Well, yeah. What? Yeah, it is. It, go ahead, Kofi. Go ahead. You go ask what I'm probably going to ask. Yeah, go that, that's 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 interesting and puzzling. You know, just simply because there's a need there. So, well, I think um, she's saying no more than two people can work at the same place. I don't. I don't know why. It depends on the program. I think. Yeah, it depends. Uh, whether it, I'm not sure if it's because of the work study or or actual uh, partnership that they have. But I think that, you know, depending on the program determines that, that number. Um, so, but you can have as many volunteers as you want. Um, Josh, how right, are you enjoying but, it, man? How do you, how, how do you enjoy fam, you and, and, and environment, man? You know, we're a little different. We understand. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, honestly, uh, but how's it going? Like one, one, the atmosphere is unlike any, you know, school I've, worked at or it's definitely nothing like um or FIU is nothing like it is here as far as the fan base and just like the environment at games um you know which I love I love I love uh our football games are always just something to be a part of wish I didn't have to work them all the time and could truly go and just enjoy it sometimes um but football uh, I mean and, and the student athletes I mean they're all just amazing like that's definitely my favorite part um of the job is is working with the student athletes and and i would say uh fan fan base is definitely bigger and uh much better than anyone that i've worked at in an institution or even my own um school okay Good. Uh, Kofi, you want to get in there, add anything with Josh before we get ready to, to get out uh, of this uh, segment with him? 
Yeah, uh, just lastly, because I told him I was going to be good tonight, so I just wanted to keep my word and everything and, and, and keep that above board. But listen, man, so let's talk about your vision, man, for where what would you would like to see? What is your wish list for your department and how you want to see it grow? Now, the ideal, like, kind of setup of the department would be, you know, you have you have an associate director, associate AD, and from there, who runs the whole department or oversees the whole thing. And then from there, you might have an associate director of like communications who oversees a lot of the traditional sports information stuff, the, the stories, the websites, um, you know, the, all the stats, the, the, the record books and everything. And then you have the director of, of digital who oversees all the photos, videos, social media stuff. Um, and then Another idea would be a whole kind of separate department, but kind of works with communications is kind of director of broadcasting where they control all the, all the broadcasts um, in-house. Uh, so you could do all those ESPN pluses. Like if Jeff Walker could be on staff, you know, running every single thing, then like that's would just be amazing. Yes, um, which, yeah. you know, at, at the bigger schools, they do have, have uh, things like that. Um, so like, that's definitely like kind of what an ideal perfect situation would look like. Thank you for that, man. Yes, we'll be praying that through. Um, I believe that hopefully with this next AD, um, you'll be able to get everything you need and then some because you deserve it. And thank you for your service, the Florida Agricultural and Mechanical it. University. Uh, are you, uh, Josh... you going to be at the game Saturday? Yes, I'll be there. I think I'm going to be on the off script show for like five or 10 minutes. I'm going to try to swing by before going in. So I'll be at the tailgate. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, man. Thank hey, you so much. All right. Uh, Josh, let's uh, let people know how they can reach you. Uh, well, I, look, obviously, FAMU Athletics on, on Twitter. But if you if you got any other uh, any other social media tags or give the plugs, any plugs you want to give out, Josh, I'll, I'll turn this time over to you. Um, so I'm not that active on social media, but they can follow me on Twitter. It's uh, Westside Diddy. Um, and then, uh, Stacey, what's the YouTube channel? Uh, she said no, so I was going to tell people to subscribe to YouTube, but she said no. Oh, that, that's set it okay. down. Set it, set it down. Ah, that's a good joke. You All got right, a nice uh, studio, sis. We like your yes. studio. Oh, oh they, they said Beautiful they like studio. studio. Beautiful studio with the <laughs> with the LeBron shoe right there. I mean, that's that's next level. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, Josh, real quick, yeah. is there anything coming down the pipeline that that Rattler Nation can be expecting from your department? Like any new features or any anything new that might be upcoming? Anything that you want to plug, or is it like top secret? Uh, not that I can think of at the moment right now. I think we're all just kind of waiting for something oh, to happen so yeah yeah all right i got you gotcha. all right well, well, good enough good enough hey uh josh <laughs> uh we appreciate your time thank you my man and yeah, uh we'll see you, you we'll, we'll see you either in the press box 
or on the sidelines or wherever we see you at. Thank you again, Josh, for coming on. All right. Sounds good. Thank you you all for having me. All right. Thank you, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Joshua Padilla, make sure you uh, are are tuned in, following at FAMU Athletics. All of our athletic teams have great Instagram and Twitter feeds, so you need to make sure you just put them all on and make a big list and follow them all. All right. Uh, While we had Joshua, let's get ready to go into our South Carolina State coverage with Brad Gillins. Brad, let's see. He should still be there. I know he's working behind the scenes trying to get things going. He's a busy man. Brad, thanks for taking some time. How are you doing this evening, man? Hey, doing fantastic, Doc. How are you? Man, bless, bless, bless. Good to have you on. Uh, you were just talking about a second ago, you got you got all kinds of family plans you got working on. You, you still going to find time to be able to, to catch this big matchup on Saturday? Yeah, as a ma- <clears throat> so, uh, you know, interestingly enough, I'm – uh, headed to headed out of the country tomorrow, celebrating my brother who uh, shares a birthday with myself um, for his 50th uh, birthday. So um, myself and my siblings and their spouses and family and friends are all uh, going to head down to the Bahamas for a few days and try to get some rest and relaxation. But I, I don't know how much rest and relaxation I'm going to get on Saturday because I'll be glued to the TV um cheering on my bulldogs hopefully to victory okay i'm glad you said that because first off where is this game being broadcast at on television because that part i have not seen published you may have some insider information on that i i can certainly reach out to the uh to kendrick lewis who's a good friend of mine uh dear friend of mine and uh media relations director at south carolina state as I understand it, it's supposed to be televised on ESPN Plus. Um, I'll have to double check that just to be sure. Um, don't quote me on that, but um, give me an opportunity to to check back on that, and I can certainly let you guys know, and you can let your constituents and all of your 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 viewers know exactly where they can they can catch the Rattlers in action uh, this weekend as well. Or, um, you know, if if in fact they uh, the game is not televised, then I mean we're a we're a very hospitable bunch. You know, anytime you guys come to Orangeburg, you're just like family. I know Kofi understands that with, you know, 90% of his family being from Columbia, South Carolina. I still don't understand how he got to Tallahassee in the first place. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, if you guys can't catch it on TV, you know, always make the trek up, you know, I-10 to 95 to I-26 to the Garden City of Orangeburg. We'd love to have you. I, I, I've been there for one of those games. I, I think I don't, I don't. I can't remember whether we won or lost, though. I, I think we met, might might have been one of the few times that we went up there and got a win. But anyway, um, <laughs> Calvin, go ahead, jump in there. Brad, talk about uh, talk about your uh, season thus far. Uh, I know you've had some FBS games. Um, yeah, you know, and you just you know got off the snide with a victory. Uh, kind of talk about where your team, the journey from where they started, mm-hmm. what the expectations were to where they are now, and then your expectations come Saturday. Sure. So, you know, uh, it's essentially kind of been the same. Uh, it's almost It almost feels like deja vu, uh, Kevin, Kelvin, all over again. Uh, last year we were one and three headed into this game uh, down in Tallahassee and, and – 
had played a couple of SB, FBS teams and kind of took our lumps. Uh, you know, kind of had a win, had a win there uh, against Bethune Cookman in the interim, uh, which was, you know, which is ironically the only win that we've had this year thus far. Uh, coming off of a 50 to 10 loss to South Carolina. Um, uh, and then, you know, the team was also in, in Florida uh, for the first game of the season against the University of Central Florida, where they, uh, you know, uh, saw defeat there as well. Uh, North Carolina A&T, uh, that was a, you know, really good game up in up in Greensboro. Coach Sam Washington and Buddy Pugh have been longtime friends. Um, but for whatever reason, uh, he's been able to, he, he had been able to best Coach Broadway and you know, Bill Hayes and, you know, some of the other elder statesmen uh, at North Carolina A&T and, and their coaching history. But for whatever reason, uh, he just hasn't, he, he uh, Sam Washington has just kind of had his number. And so, um, you know, we find ourselves in, at one and three right now with, with the Rattlers who are red hot, you know, after losing, you know, uh, to uh, Jackson State and the Orange Blossom Classic have been able to, you know, reel off, you know, several wins uh, since then. Um, so, you know, we're going to definitely have our work cut out for us. Uh, you know, South Carolina State is still South Carolina State. You know, we, we play a brand of football where it's, you know, it's defense first. You know, we, we certainly want to control the line of scrimmage. We want to make, you know, your, your quarterback uncomfortable. We want to make sure that we, uh, you know, establish our dominance up front and, and control, you know, control, uh, what you guys are able to do on the ground game and, and then, you know, kind of make Jeremy Musa, who's been doing extremely well this year, uh, one-dimensional where we can kind of pin our ears back and do what we do best. Go ahead, Kofi. Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm really excited to see this game on Saturday. I, I know the South Carolina State obviously will be ready. Uh, Buddy Pugh's teams are always ready to play Florida A&M University. And, um, you know, just the physicality. How would you rate your quarterback play going into this game? So <clears throat> I'm glad you asked that, Kofi. Um, I would look to see a mix of both Corey Fields and Tyrese Nick. Um, you know, Nick's, Nick is really kind of, uh, Fields has really kind of struggled early on this year. He hasn't really been able to find a rhythm early in games. Um, hasn't really been doing that well, um, has, has thrown, hasn't, has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. Um, but, you know, Tyrese Nick, who was out with a, with a, with a injury last, all of last year, uh, has been able to come in and provide a, a change of pace and a spark for the Bulldogs. In fact, last week he engineered, he engineered two scoring drives, uh, in South Carolina State's 50 to 10 loss to South Carolina. So, uh, according to the press conference that was had just this week, uh, Coach Pugh indicated that we would probably see a mix of both Fields and uh, and Nick. Uh, it's just a matter of you know how they determine um, how they want to incorporate both of those both of those guys into the offense to make sure uh, that the the offense is not too predictable and that when Nick is in, you under you guys understand that it's just a, a run play or it's it's going to be run heavy, and when Fields is in, it's going to be more of a passing down. So we'll. You know, uh, offensive coordinator Bennett Swigert definitely has his uh, has his hands full this week. Um, we know all about the dark cloud defense. Um, saw it firsthand uh, last year. Uh, Isaiah Land uh, was, I think Isaiah Land was, I think we were solely responsible for Isaiah Land kind of winning 
the Buck Buchanan Award last year. He had five sacks yes, against yes. South Carolina State last year. Yeah, he year. did go off. Um, <laughs> we learned, we learned and, who Isaiah Land was after that game, yes. That was, absolutely, absolutely. And it, it's interesting that you say that because we've, we've often been on the other side um, you know, of contests like that. I, I remember back uh, maybe five or six years ago when South Carolina State played Bethune-Cookman in Orangeburg and Javon Hargrave had six sacks against Bethune-Cookman and that really, that game really kind of put him on the map and as a result of that he was drafted by uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers um, just uh, several months later. So uh, it, it definitely can happen and especially with two programs um, uh, with, with the historical re relevance uh, athletically uh, as these two as these two schools, um, we know coming into these games, um, all of the pleasantries are going to be said at the beginning of the week. I saw all of the great things, all of the all of the beautiful things, um, you know. Coach Simmons had to say about Coach Pugh early on in the week. And he met him. Putting all these players, all, all these things about him putting these players. And, and, and he met him, man. We we, we we love those two. Kelvin, Kelvin. Kelvin, cut it off. Come on, you you, you, you can't you can't, can't listen. You're you're not gonna soften and butter us up. I've, I've been around the block way too long, <laughs> so I knew exactly what that meant from the beginning. And you better believe that uh, uh, Coach Simmons will he definitely be Buddy trying to Pugh. channel his. He, he will be. He, he, Willie he Simmons will be trying Buddy to channel Pugh. his. Buddy Pugh is the master will, of laying the butter on. Come on, listen, now. listen. Willie Willie Simmons will be trying to channel his inner Billy Joe this Saturday and try to bust our brand new scoreboard that we just got literally two months ago that we're debuting on Saturday wide open. I can absolutely believe that. So um, I, I look for a hard fought game um, um, where the defenses are really going to dictate what happens. Um, and then, you know, we'll see where the chips fall from there. Um, just to, I want to, I want to confirm just kind of what Brad was saying about where that game is going to be on. It is going to be on ESPN plus. I just happen to be on the watch ESPN site, looking at the schedule and replays. It will be on ESPN plus. And the only reason I asked is because I didn't see it on the, the press information that I had previously got. So that's good to know that it will be on ESPN plus at two o'clock Eastern time. And then you said Tyrese Nick, look, is this 2019? Because I feel like Corey Field yes. and Tyrese Nick have they've yes. been around for what four, five years. So, so, so. Boy, so boy, okay, I'll. So I tell you what, I'll see you. I'll say okay. So I do. I'll do you one better. I'll do you one better, Doctor Brian. I'll, uh -oh. I'll see you. Ty, I'll see you, Tyrese Nick, and I can tell you that I feel like Xavier Smith and Roosevelt Kaiser came to college in the I same knew you were year. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, when are these guys gonna leave? When are these guys gonna graduate? Exactly. Go. Go but on with their life. Hey, Love Brad. It, man. Yeah. Hey, yes, hey Brad, so why are y'all playing your first home game so late, man? Uh and how do you think that impacted, you know, your your record thus far? Well, I think it's just one of those things where um you know, because we uh, had two FBS games, you know, you know, those games aren't going to be played at, at Oliver C. Dawson Stadium just because, you know, you're, you quite frankly get paid to go to their barn and, and you know, and compete. And then, you know, whatever happens from there happens. Um, you know, uh, North Carolina A&T, we just happen to have an away game with this year. 
and with them, you know, transitioning from the Big South to the CAA, it's we don't have the same level of flexibility that we might have had in previous years when they were either conference, you know, conference participants or the like. Uh, and then, you know, Bethune-Cookman now is, is, is this is not a conference game. And so, you know, we have to take all of those things into consideration. So I think this year is just kind of an, an anomaly of sorts. Um, I, I will say this, I would love to see uh, from a non-conference perspective, uh, North Carolina A&T, Bethune-Cookman and Florida A&M remain on our schedule from year, for years to come because uh, it's a game that's a fan favorite for, um, you know, for all of our fans uh, and, and your fans as well. It's always a really good. It's always a really good draw, whether it's home or away. Um, you know, regardless as to where we're playing, um, and and it makes for really really great competition. I mean, these schools have have enjoyed, you know, some really some really strong rivalries. I mean, for you know, if, if we're talking, you know, um, you know, Bethune and Fam, we're talking, you know, from the nineteen, you know, from the nineteen seventies to present. You know, where some hiatuses here and there when your family decided they wanted to do some other things and then, you know, came on back home and, you know, decided to leave for Greenia Pastures again. And then, you know, North Carolina's North Carolina anti moving on, you know, to the big South and then now eventually the CAA um, with, you know, South Carolina state kind of being one of the, the last mainstays of the original Mid-Eastern athletic conference. Um, but with all of that being said, um, you know, I definitely think um, next year, you know, we're, we could be talking something completely different. I, I mean, I know uh, Coach Pugh likes to have uh, at least one FBS game on the schedule because he likes to, you know, kind of test his team against the best of the best. Number one, I mean, some, you know, you've got some coaches out there who are against it and, and don't necessarily see the value of it. Um, but we certainly do. I mean, it, uh, because of those, you know, um, FCS versus FBS games, we've been able to put a Shaquille Leonard in the NFL. We've been able to put a, a Darius, uh, a Jacoby Durant in the NFL because they've showed up. We've been able to put a Joe Thomas in the NFL because of the way that he played against a Clemson, uh, you know, in those games. So, um, you know, while they may not prove valuable on the scoreboard, they certainly prove valuable um, with accounts receivable uh, at, the, <laughs> at the end of the day. And, and certainly for those kids to be able to test their mettle, against some of those other guys, especially if they're in-state schools that they've probably played high school ball with or, you know, uh, have gone to camps with and all of those good things. And, and so, you know, it gives them an opportunity to show that, you know, uh, you know, uh, one one break here or one break there and, and, and they could have been right where those other guys who are matriculating and, and prospering at those schools that certainly could have been. And I'm I'm sure you guys can can attest to that, you know, certainly certainly with you know, having Jennings now, who's, uh, you know, you're running back from Pittsburgh, who is, uh, who's now you're, you're starting running back at, at, you know, at, uh, at FAMU and, and quite frankly, um, being able to keep Isaiah Land because, you know, as I understand it, he was in the transfer portal and, and Coach Simmons was able to kind of talk him back into coming back uh, and, and him understanding that, hey, listen, it doesn't matter where you play ball, as long as you're good, you can go, you can go to the pros from anywhere. And I think that's the most important thing. All right. Uh, Kofi, you got anything you want to wrap it up with, Brad, uh, before we get out of this and head to a break? Well, I just wanted to let him know my his, my history with, <laughs> with from Columbia, South Carolina, and how I got and matriculated uh -huh. down to Florida Agricultural and oh. Mechanical University. So my parents Producer, can we get some whole music or something, please? <laughs> oh, hey, make yeah, make this the shorter bridge version, please. 
Keep my music up. All right. But seriously, my parents worked at Benedict, and then they got the job at FAM, and that's how I got the FAM U. Okay. Um, and Perfect. that's how that worked. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so my my dad grew up in Rain, South Carolina, um, and he taught at Voorhees as well. Can y'all see me? Am I? All right. Yeah. So okay. So that's that. But I'm excited, man. I I, uh, what do you think? Let me ask this. What do you think about the prospects of Benedict and Albany State joining the MEAC? You know, I have not right really there. given it much thought. Um, oh, Doctor Artist. No, you, you stumped. Doctor Roslin. No, Doctor Roslin. Oh, can you you guys can you guys have me? No, we, we I got, got you. you. Yeah, we, we got, got you. you. We got you. Are you there? Yeah. Yes. Oh, we there, there we go. We hear you. All right. So, Doc Doctor Artist is is doing a fantastic job. Doctor Artist is doing a fantastic job at Benedict. Um, and the athletic director's really done a glove of growing that program. Uh, you know, um, the same for a good friend, a colleague, uh, the athletic director uh, at Allen University. Uh, he's he's doing a, a fantastic job there as well. Um, I would love um, for eventually with Benedict and, and uh, Albany State, to to join the MEAC, uh, but I think it'd be kind of the time uh, the financial uh, burden that kind of comes along with going from Division two to Division one, mainly in the name of scholarships. You're going from 36 to 63, and that's a huge undertaking. Um, and you you know so you know for those schools as as long as they can as long as their athletic coffers allow them to do so as long as they can um, you know. Uh, bring some bring some some level of relevance and and credibility to the conference. Then I'm I'm all for it. Um, I remember back in you know 95 96 when you know when Hampton and Norfolk State joined the MIAC from the CIAA. Uh, they were ready because those guys came in and they immediately you know kind of made things happen. And so you know um, uh, as a matter of fact, I think Joe Taylor was at at Hampton at that point, and they had—I think they won the conference the first year, or something to that mm-hmm. effect. So it's not to say it's not yeah. to say that it can't happen. It's not to say that it can't happen. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, if it if it will happen, and and if it does, I'm you know I'm I'm definitely, you know, uh, ready to receive them with open arms because you know the more people that we can continue to bring to the Mid East Athletic Conference, all it does is in, uh, in strengthen the viability of the conference going forward. Okay, Brad, uh, before we let you go, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask for, well, I, I'm not even going to ask for your prediction because I can't I can't fathom you saying South Carolina State is not going to win, but rather I'm going to ask you, how is South South Carolina State going to win uh, in this, this okay, contest? So, yeah, in order for South Carolina State to win, uh, they'll have to have a ball-controlled offense um, where, you know, uh, Fl- uh, Flowers is able to, you know, really kind of um, <clears throat> establish himself in the run game early, uh, have a nice mix of run and pass with, you know, with uh, with uh, with uh, Bailey, who is Corey Fields' um, number. He, well, he's, he's, 
he's not Corey Fields' number one receiver. Shaq Davis is, and I think everybody knows who Shaq Davis is and what he brings to the table. I think the relationship between Fields and da- Fields and Bailey is underrated. Uh, what what most folks don't know is that those guys actually went to high school together, and uh, played quarterback and receiver at Baptist Hill High School together. So they have a they've developed a rapport. Um, that they've had for several years now. I don't know if you guys remember, but Bailey was one of the receivers that actually caught a touchdown in the Celebration Bowl against Jackson State. As a matter of fact, I think it was the only touchdown that Shaq didn't catch (laughs) that game. Um, But uh, I I certainly expect that if if the Bulldogs can can maintain time of possession, kind of keep Musa off the field, keep that high-powered Rattler offense off the field, then they should be in good shape. All right, um, Brad. We appreciate your appreciate your time this evening. Appreciate you working with our with our shuffle schedule a little bit. And uh, sure. safe travels to you, your family. Happy yeah, birthday, happy birthday, 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 boy! Happy birthday! Thank you. Uh, Thank and, you. Thank you very and, much. Uh, Turn up the Yeah, I mean, you know, except for that two to five o'clock window on Saturday, we hope the rest of your weekend is lovely, man. You know what I'm saying? It's all we mean that hey, from here. Mean that from here. Let's. Hey, listen, guys, it's always a pleasure. I always enjoy, you know, being able to come on and, and, and talk shop with you guys. This has really been rewarding for me. Um, and I'm looking forward to, if you'll have me, um, because I'm covering Bethune-Cookman this year as well, uh, maybe doing something for the Florida Classic. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, for sure. We'll book it. It's done. You're you're in. We're, we'll do that. We'll do that. Let's make sure we do it. It's on. All right, uh, safe travels again, Brad Gillins. Brad, give the social media plugs real quick before you jump out of there, before the producer moves off of you real quick. For anybody that wants to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at Czar Telestrator. That's C as in Charlie, Z as in Zebra, A as in Alpha, R as in Romeo, T as in Tango, E as in Echo, L as in Lima, E as in Echo, S as in Sierra, T as in Tango, R as in Romeo, A as in Alpha, T as in Tango, O as in Oscar, and R as in Romeo. So if you guys are basketball fans, you will remember that when the NBA on NBC used to come on, uh, Marv Albert and Mike Fratello used to always do the broadcast. And so uh, Marv Albert would always come on and say, I'm Marvelous Marv Albert, and next to me I have the czar of the telestrator, Mike Fratello. And so that's where I took yes. my name from. Yes, there we go. Very oh, I love it. Uh, and it counts. <laughs> good job. And it counts. All right, Brad. Uh, hey, man, appreciate you, man. You have a good evening. Safe travels to you and your family, all right? Pleasure to you guys. Take care. Go Bulldogs. Fight, go strike, right. strike, right. strike, and get. Strike, 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 yeah, and get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big, big. Uh, he, and, got, and he got rattled. He got rattled family. A, a a bark that is bigger than its bite. And, and, and that's uh, that's all right though. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, uh, just a little historical fact for folks out there who did not know: this is Buddy Pugh's twenty-first season at the helm. This is the sixtieth meeting between FAMU and South Carolina State. Uh, there are only three schools that have had that we FAMU have played longer. We've had a longer series than uh, obviously. One is Bethune-Cookman. We played them 75 times. Uh, the other two, North Carolina A&T 65 times and Southern 61 times. So when we talk about deep rivalries, this is our Mount Rushmore. South Carolina State is one of our top four rivals. 
Uh, and we do own a, uh, let me make sure I get it right here. Uh, I think it's like a 31, 26 and two overall record. So I just had to throw that in there as well. Bam, you leave that series. Of so, course. all right, Brad, just want to leave course. you on that as we, as we, as you head out. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brad, appreciate you, man. You guys take care of man. Much love. All right. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, we're, we're going to stay live here, uh, because, uh, we, we, we're going to quick shuffle, uh, because right. one of our guests is uh, our, our head golf, head men's golf coach, Coach Mike Rice. And he, look, everybody's got a busy night. Coach Rice, you know, Brad's got a busy night. Coach Rice has been in like three different meetings. It's like chaotic right now. So let's see if we can get Coach Rice in. Let's see if he had a chance to, to break away from his meetings and chat with us. Um, and then we'll be coming up a little bit later. There, there he goes. is. Back again in orange. Made it back. Uh, What's up, there Coach? he is. Coach Mike Rice. That's my golf back. coach. That's my <laughs> golf coach. Amen. Hey, uh, yes, yes, indeed. Hey, uh, happy Founders Week to you, uh, Rattler. Hey, uh, Coach, welcome back. Uh, good to have you Thank back you. again. We, we, for sure, we call you an OG as a, as a friend of the show. <laughs> hey, so let's jump right into it, Coach. Uh, the the million-dollar question people want to know, and, I mean, you can tell us as much as you want to. How did it play out? Because when we last talked to you, you know, we were like, you know, sending flowers and wishing you saying goodbye. And good, you know, tears were being shed. I mean, it, we were like, yeah, my coach is leaving. And, and now we got you on and you're back. So what 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 happened between then and now? Um, as much as you can tell <laughs> you know, or, yeah, or want to share, I should say. Uh, you know, it, it just. It wasn't for me, you know, Prairie View wasn't for me. I'm a Rattler, um, you know, this is home. I love FAMU, got out there, you know, Prairie View is a great institution, um, but it just wasn't for me. Um, Tallahassee is home, FAMU is home. My, my family was here and, you know, the program that, that's been built here, you know, I just felt like those guys needed me back, um, you know, Mia Campbell, my assistant, did a great job while I was gone. Uh, obviously, everybody saw the what we did at the Silver Cup and represented well. And she did a great job with the guys. But at the end of the day, this is home. And I just couldn't see myself putting that purple on any longer. <laughs> it hurt. Uh, you know, I'm an orange and green guy. So uh, it's just good to be back. So so from, from the standpoint of the logistics of this thing. I mean, and, and feel free to give credit to whomever helped make this possible. You obviously, there had to be some conversations, had some phone calls, uh, you know, how, how does all that play out for you? Cause, cause like I said, again, um, you were, you were all packed and ready to go. Uh, but you know, how, how did, how did the, uh, conversations or, or maybe where did it start? How did the, when, when the possibility of coming back, was there? How did that play out? So, you know, got to give credit to Michael Smith. That's where the, the conversation started. Um, you know, we, we had conversation for a while because it's not a process that just happens overnight. Uh, but him and I were in conversations for a while, just trying to work it out. Uh, obviously being sensitive to Prairie View, um, you know, and then, you know, again, good people out there. Dr. Reed was good to me. Um, Alicia Pete, who was my sport administrator, they they were all understanding when I 
you know, gave them the news that it was time to come back home. But uh, Michael Smith was the guy that I was in conversations with that, that we finally got it done, uh, which is great. It's just good to be back. Um, but, you know, again, good people out there, but this is home. This is, uh, this is where I believe I'm supposed to be and, uh, you know, trying to carry this program into the future. And I think we're in a good place. So uh, I just came in and hit the road running. <laughs> right, right. Kelvin, go ahead. Jump in there. So um, I got to ask the obvious question. Then then I move on to uh, what I really want to ask. Uh, so, so there's been a transition at your now former school uh in that situation uh did that have any did you see it coming did that have any impact on the decision (laughs) for you also not at all um you know the decision i made you know was to reach out and just say look um you know is there a possibility to come back you know because uh quite frankly i just again you know, just thought, you know, after I got out there, it was just like, this just not me, a great opportunity for somebody. Uh, and the person that they named head coach, Misha, I know her very well. Uh, she coached at North Carolina Central and recently at Lincoln. Um, quite frankly, I recommended her because I thought, uh, you know, she'd be a great, uh, great hire out there. Um, great personality, uh, played at a high level, is a very good player. I think she'll do a great job at Prairie View, but had nothing to do with, with my decision. My decision was to come home and and uh, be the head coach here at FAMU. And, you know, quite frankly, I, I didn't feel like my job was done here. You know, we've done some great stuff, but, you know, this program is, is at a high level. And, you know, the goal is to keep that level going up. And, uh, you know, we won a MEAC, which is great, but, you know, we don't have a SWAC title yet. And that's, that's, that's our goal at the end of the year. So now the question I really want to ask Coach is, uh, how was it talking to your team? You, I, you know, I look, back, I look back at the uh, roster and I see you only got two seniors and you got a bunch of freshmen and sophomores there. Um, and um, you recruited these guys and, and worked with them all this time. So uh, how was their response? And then um, talk about the, your most recent tournament. So, you know, the hardest conversation was letting them know that, you know, I was leaving. I think that obviously shocked and surprised a lot of people when when I made that transition to, to Prairie View. Um, you know, I, I've been welcomed back with open arms, I can say that. The guys are happy to have me back, um, you know, to continue again what, what we started. You know, we, we got a pretty good freshman class that came in, uh, you know, being able to to, uh, you know, be around them and, and get them guided in the right direction, um, you know, bringing the team together and all that good stuff. Um, you know, th- again, I think they, not I think, they're happy to have me back. I'm happy to be back. Um, you know, it was kind of cool to get back on a Thursday, hit the road on a Saturday and bring a trophy home on a Tuesday. Uh, you know, so, you know, just just pick up where you, where you, you know, ended. So, um you know, th- th- this is a team, you know, I, I told you guys last time we talked, um, it's probably the most talent we've ever had on this campus uh, for a golf team. We still are young, uh, 
but as they're starting to show, even with that youth, uh, you know, that we can win tournaments. Um, and we do have two seniors, but one of them still has a year of eligibility. So we're actually only losing one player, uh, you know, just went to an event where we had, uh, what was it, three sophomore, um, a redshirt senior, and a freshman in the lineup, uh, you know, and pulled away with a win. And, you know, just recently came back from Georgia State where we represented well. Um, didn't finish well the last day, but, you know, a little bigger event with some some pretty good high-ranked schools in there and to be able to get, you know, at one point we were in sixth place out of 16 people. So we showed that, you know, we can make that move up the leaderboard, but we just got to finish a little better. But, you know, we're so deep, we're still trying to figure out who those five guys are going to be at the end of the year. And we've only played two events. So it's going to, it's going to be, I wouldn't call it a roller coaster because I think we're going to play really well. It's just trying to figure out who those five will be at the end. Go ahead, Kofi. Yeah, so tell us about, you know, just in terms of with the golf season, do we host home matches? And when we do, where do we host those home matches? That's a good question, Kofi. Um, we don't. So golf's a little different. I would say this. The plan is to get back to hosting. And we, and we used to host one event a year, and that's usually what, what – you know, universities do, they'll host one event. And we've hosted out at St. James Bay, which is out on the coast. And it's a golf course that takes good care of us. Um, and, and the reason I <clears throat> hosted out there was it's set up perfect for a tournament. I say that and they got villas out there. We, I mean, we could really do it up nice and bring these universities in and show them a good time. So they have villas and then it's right there on the, on the coast. We feed them good. We show them a good time. It's been very successful. COVID messed us up, you know, and, and so still trying to get past that. We get past the COVID. Um, I definitely want to do a tournament because it's a great experience. You get the home court, course advantage, and then you just get to, you know, kind of show off Tallahassee and, and even, you know, being out at Carabao, same thing. You know, you're showing off our – but we got to get back to that. COVID killed us. We, we, we had one. I guess three years ago, it was very successful, brought in 10 schools, showed them a good time. Very next year, we got, we actually had so many, we didn't have room to room them. We were trying to find rooms for them and then COVID hit. So hoping to get back to that. Um, Cause again, it's, it is a huge advantage. So are we going to be doing a camp anytime soon? That would be great. So that's a good question. Um, one of the things, and the only reason we don't do camps now is we really don't have the facility, but one of the things, as Rosier knows, <clears throat> we got a facility that we're still, still developing here on campus uh, where we have a practice area, uh, but right now isn't set up to bring kids on campus, and I say that only because we don't have the netting, and, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll end up with a kid in the hospital probably, but, um, okay. you know, but... But the plan is to, to eventually, and it's been approved to have it now, you know, when that gets finished, that's a good question. But um, the good thing is it's been approved. So let me let me ask this real quick, because Gaither Golf mm -hmm. Course is down the street, and I don't know about golf courses. Um, is that a viable option or no? And if it's not, you know, why? Um, and, and I know Gaither, 
Capital City already does camp, so that wouldn't work there. The issue with FAMU is just the space to do it. They don't have the space to really do the camp. Um, you know, we we I used to be the pro that was there, pro for eight eight years before I came to FAM. And we used to try to do junior camps. The problem is you just don't have the space out there um, to do it. The community center is separate from the golf course, which really hurts, but um, just not enough room. Gotcha. Yep. Hey, uh, Coach, you've been gracious with your time this evening. Uh, le- what's the schedule ahead? Let us know. You mentioned, you just mentioned you guys got out of a tournament earlier in the week. Uh, what What's the – What's up ahead for for you guys? Uh, so, <clears throat> a couple things. So, we got a young man. Uh, it's a freshman, Ian Davis, who's been invited to a big event um, down south. Uh, they will be heading to uh, shoot leaving Saturday, getting back uh, Tuesday, I believe. Um, that'll be aired on ESPN, uh, and the name of it is the Stevens Cup. And what it is, it's a a lot of the Power Five schools are invited, uh, men and women, but they invite, I believe it's four HBCU players, and then they invite a few uh, from the military schools to play as well. Uh, so going down there, that would be something to definitely watch out to see this young man play because uh, he's got a lot of talent. Um, and then from there, we're going to North Carolina where we've been invited to the SAS event, which is done by the PGA Tour. Uh, we'll be leaving for that next Thursday. So. It's a busy October, uh, but we're going to keep these these young men working and and continue to develop them into the players that we know they could be. Nice. Hey, uh, I got a I got a small request for you. Next time you bump into Josh Padilla, mm-hmm. have, there's a little feature which I noticed he start, that that we have on our website, the athletic website, where we have the players say their name, and it's like right mm-hmm. next to the name, and we can have them say their name. You have mm-hmm. some names on your team. I, I, I'm not even gonna try. Like Jacob, Ayush. I, I look. I don't want to. I'm tired of butchering their last name, Coach. So the next time you see Josh, you say, hey, "Josh, can we get our guys with the little feature where they say their name, so we get that phonetic, uh, and so that we can say their name properly?" Because I feel horrible every time I'm trying to read our our stories, and I'm like, "Yeah." Uh, a huge beat, and I'm just like, you know, I I know his mama and daddy out there listening. Like, come on now, what? So, small request. Well, you know, it's funny request. you say that because it's it's a use badali, and 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 the the pro this week was announcing his name on the first team, and he said, "Look, I don't want to butcher it, so just tell me what it is." <laughs> I said, honestly, I just call him use now, so we just don't even go there. See? Uh, but no, that's a, yeah, we could definitely make that happen. Uh, you yeah. know, that's one of the great, our, our team, if you look at it, we're so diverse and, and, you know, again, I know I've talked about that on here. We'll continue to look like that, but, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited for the year. I'm excited to see what these guys do. Cause again, being young, you know, we got some guys that are dynamic to watch. Um, you know, I, even at the tournament this weekend, you know, we got spectators out there watching, and they're like, Coach, what are you feeding these kids? Because they are hitting the ball so far, uh, which is fun to watch. But we, we, we got to learn. We got to learn how to play a little golf at times, too, and not just see how far we can hit it. But let's try to get it in the hole. So I'm, I'm excited 
to see the development of these guys and just see where they go because we got some dynamic kids that could be really, really good. Nice, nice. Ne- Coach, next time we have you on, Kelvin, remind me of this or, or you bring it up. We're going to talk about the strategy of team golf and how you shuffle these guys into your teams, A's, B's, mm-hmm. because you got all this talent. I, I'm curious to hear – I know we won't have time tonight, but I, I want to know next time how you – juggle that how you what what goes into the week for these guys so so that we we can talk a little more about the strategy of of team golf all right so that that's what Absolutely. we're going to do next time okay Absolutely. all right appreciate all right. y'all appreciate you coach man have a good night yes, thank you for your time thank you. welcome and, back uh, coach thanks welcome back yes sir all right again that's uh coach mike rice hey uh all right so fellas we are in the overtime we gotta move quick because i know we we gotta make sure we get out of here in a good time Damn you 31 21 uh, stop kofi <laughs> hold on let me see i love kofi just jump the script don't jump the script. don't jump the script come on now anyway all right so here we go we're just gonna okay so here's let me let's first set the table of this week. I think this is the best week, the best schedule yeah. of the year. This week yeah. number six, yeah. everybody's playing. There's really? interesting matchups all over. So let's go through the storylines. Again, of course, uh, no scores just yet. No scores and predictions yet. Um, FAMU, of course, we're at 2 o'clock. That game is on ESPN Plus, as we just found out. It's South Carolina State's first home game. Interesting matchup at Alabama A&M. Grambling. Still no G on the helmet. Winless in SWAT. Going to Alabama A&M. That's a 2 p.m. Eastern on HBCU Go. Uh, Kelvin's favorite team, Texas Southern, traveling to UAPB. That is a 3 p.m. game. How does UAPB respond after getting destroyed by Southern last week? Will Skyler Perry be there? Will he not? That might determine how that game goes. Uh, Of course, the matchup in Alabama at Alabama State in Montgomery, Jackson State rolls in, uh, your favorite homecoming opponent. Uh, Coach Prime, Kobe, how do you like this quote? All money ain't good money. That's the quote of the year by Coach Prime. He's prime, bro. He better win that game because I promise you, he thought that curl was bad the last time. If Bama State <laughs> finds a way to win that game, I would. There is something I'll be we'll afraid to look at the scoreboard, buddy. That, hey, that boy. is a juicy. Hey, that crack, is a crack juicy that door open for them rattlers. Crack that door open for them rattlers. I look, look. I'm telling you, look. Hey, that Jackson State coming off of look, the bye Jackson week. State, look, Jackson State should win this game, right? They should win. They're a better team. Um, but yes. they're coming off a bye. Yes. They've got the, all their analysts and. Everybody else and, you know, but Bama State has the tools to make this a game and possibly win it. And it just comes down to this and it comes down to this. Can those guys make plays on the ground? Can they establish a run game? And if they can, they're going to have a chance. Not putting that ball on the turf. I know that's going to have something to do with it as well. That game is on ESPNU, 3 p.m. Eastern. Southern at Prairie View, 5 p.m. ESPN Plus. Coach Dooley returns to PC. Southern, we don't know which Southern is. They are 
We don't know if we're going to get the Southern that beats people by 60 or we're going to get the Prairie Southern that gets shut out. Prairie View going Prairie View. We'll see. We'll see. Bethune-Cookman at Tennessee State. That's 5 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. You know, Tennessee State is winless, especially coming Damn. off of a Division II loss to Lane College. Uh, Look, Pine Bluff. Pine Bluff beat Lane College. First game of the season. It was bad. But, but they beat them. TSU. TSU had four of their major starters out. Lane yes. has been a problem for a minute. So yes. I'm not boosting up Lane, but we all know that some of these Division II schools are actually pretty good, a.k.a. Albany State, a.k.a. Virginia yeah, Union. Yes, yes, yes. And it cannot happen. Inexcusable. <laughs> they were out without the QB, bro. Yes. Cannot happen. Inexcusable. I love the way Kelvin leans in. Got to get that one off. I got to lean in to tell you that that's not going to happen. Alcorn State at Mississippi Valley, 7 p.m. on ESPN+. Alcorn coming off of a bye. Uh, They are second place in the West. Uh, Down in the valley with a sorry. Yeah, okay. All right, here we go. Picks contest. What's that girl name that took a picture in front of the cast building? What's her name? I don't the devil. Know. I don't know. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, here's a, the, the really? All right, everybody, here we go. It's picks contest time. Here we go. We got five games. We're going to pick them. Uh, you guys join in if you're watching us uh, on YouTube uh, or on Facebook. Here we go. Grambling, uh, let's see. Let me start with number one. Number one, I'll get to the best games last. Bethune at Tennessee State. Bethune is one and three, one and one overall. Winless Tennessee State. Actually, call me crazy here. Tennessee State, according to Massey, is a seven and a half point favorite. Yeah, Tennessee State, a favorite. Uh, who you got in this one, uh, Kelly? That's about right. TSU. Do you think so? It, it, it reminds me of the Alabama A&M game, frankly, last week with Bethune Cutman. It's a tossing game uh, because, Bethune, um, because TSU is at home and they lost. Uh, to uh, Lane, I'm going with uh, TSU by three. Mm, all right, well, who do you got, Kof? Uh, I, I, I believe this is a Cookman special right here because they they get up for stuff like this. Um, but I'm gonna go with Tennessee State uh, to get off the the winless snide and uh, save their homecoming. If they lose this, then I don't know if Andrew George gonna make it out. He'd have to win the conference. It's just year two. I mean, are we really writing him? This is Tennessee State University. And they lost to Lane. It's a big deal. It's going to call him in the right direction. Especially after last year when they got some wins. I mean, he ain't going to get fired this year, but but I'm just saying. All Kobe's saying is he's a little on, a little on. Yeah, okay. Um... We still don't know. I'm assuming Bethune stayed out on the road. They didn't come back to Daytona Beach. Do we know? Have you guys heard anything? Because it would seem to me that anything. if they, yeah, so if that, the that's campus the is shut down, they somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's the one part about this that makes this kind of interesting. Is like where 
where Bethune is. I like Bethune to cover the seven and a half. I, I almost want to pick him outright. I'm just going to have to wait the game time and find a little more information out on where Bethune has been in the last six, uh, four or five days. That, that for me, is going to tip it over. And those Tennessee State starters that you mentioned, are they back? All right, game number two, uh, Grambling at Alabama A&M. Alabama A&M is uh, favored by six and a half points, according to Massey. Uh, who you like in this one, Kelvin? Grambling is dangerous in this situation, but uh, right now they ain't got no G on their helmet, so they looking oh, like yeah. Darth Vader. So I'm going with Luke Skywalker and Alabama and him. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Kelvin. Who you got? A&M, A&M is uh, the force. A&M, A&M, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ride with you on this one. I I can't. I don't know. A and M has looked good. The them last boys weeks. look. Them boys was out there singing their alma mater like. Oh, Grambling, oh Grambling, we love you, dear. Oh, they were singing it with just minimal intensity, like they didn't want to be there. They just sounded a mess. Who 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 does want to sing the alma mater after? You, you know, after you lose. I mean, it's a, the, the tone is a little bit softer after a loss. Uh, okay, Texas Southern, Kelvin's favorite team. At UAPB, uh, Texas Southern is a road favorite by about six and a half. What you got, Kelvin? I agree. You riding with your boys or you or you, 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 you jumping off the bandwagon? No. Mama going to be happy. Mama going to be happy. It's a good day, Mama. I'm still. I'm. I'm not going to jump back and forth. I'm gonna stick with them for another week. Uh, Pine Bluff hadn't really beat nobody of significance. They beat the Christian School, American Jesus Christ University, and uh, <laughs> and um, Lane United States. And they only beat Lane by five. Uh, then they they pretty much got whipped. Everybody, everybody else. They 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 banged up. Now if the quarterback come back, I think it, the game would be competitive. But I'm. I'm relying on um, mommy body. I need your boy to show out. I'm going with Texas Southern. This might be. Okay, who you got, Kofi? Texas Southern. Yeah, I got I got Texas Southern. I think this was my – let me see, one and two. Yeah, this remember when I said I had Tech – I remember I had Texas Southern at like three and one at the beginning of the year. This was one of the wins. And you know, so, so far I'm on I, – I, I need them to even this out for me a little bit. All right. Southern, two and two, one and one. At Prairie View, three and two, three and zero. Oh. Uh, Prairie View is a three and a half point favorite, according to I Massey. Agree. You agree? So who you got, Kofi? I Sounds agree. Like- the only thing that's keeping Southern University really, really in this game is the fact that I know Dooley knows the personnel at Southern. I'm sorry, at Prairie View, and so he's going to game plan accordingly with that. That being said, uh, the game wasn't close last year with Prairie View and Southern. It wasn't close at all. Um, Who won it last Prairie year? View, I didn't even look that up. Prairie View beat the snot out of them on their own homecoming. It was not good on the bluff. Okay. And okay. I don't see Prairie View allowing Dooley to come back home unscathed. If Southern pulls this out, then Southern is definitely legit. Will there be a – who will have more fans in the stands, Southern or Prairie Southern View? University. We just, Southern. I was going to say, we, we just talked about Prairie View not bringing people to the, fan, to the stands. 
It's uh, that's interesting. It's, it's Prairie View fans, if y'all watch it, if y'all let the Jags come in y'all stadium, Jaguar Nation come in y'all stadium and, and take over, y'all need to be. That's a very likely, that's very likely to defense, happen, Kelvin. Jags, who, you got, who you got? Defense, Jags. Hey, I, I, got, I, got, uh, I got Prairie View. I just trust them. They've been solid the whole season. Southern is yeah I don't know what they are so I'm I'm, I'm I like Prairie View. The the one other time in college football uh, that a team uh, where a coach played a team on the road or he was on the road traveling to the team that he knew that he won that that coach won because he knew the personnel they won so um, with that said I'm gonna have to slide with Southern I think. He know you just said it. He knows the personnel. Uh, he's gonna have the crowd. I think he's gonna have the home. I think he's gonna have the crowd advantage. I think Southern will travel. It'll probably be 50 50 in that in that stadium. Uh, in terms of Southern Prairie View fans, I, I I'm I don't know. I, I think playing, in Prairie View like playing. this. Fans ain't playing. This game, players playing. Okay, okay, but who knows? The coach knows the players. That he's about to go up against. I'm telling. I'm just saying. Uh, I think this is a big get. Prairie View wins this. They're off and running all the way to the uh, to the uh, to the uh, to the. Well, they still got Alcorn. They win this. They still they, got yes, Alcorn. But but it's a it's a big step yeah, in the right play direction. In, uh, East. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Jackson State unbeaten four and zero two and zero in conference. Bama State three and two one and one. Jackson is a fourteen and a half point favorite. The, here's enough. The over-under is 44 and a half. I'm, a, I'm about to give you a money, take it to the bank special in a second. Who you got, Kofi? I'm going to say Jackson State by 10. Um, I can see the Jackson State covering that whole 14. Um, but I'm expecting ja- uh, Bama State to put up a strong fight and make Jackson State have to play. Mm. All right. They're not uh, going to lay down. Coming. Dion been making a big deal about being homecoming. You know, he's been talking a lot of trash. You know, he, you know, every game they played, he done, he done left Shadur in into the fourth quarter when the game was out of hand. Um, he better be careful. Uh, Alabama State is a physical team, offense and defensive side, and um, and um, you know the. They they going they ain't scared right they ain't gonna be scared of them now now Look, Jackson State is a better team they're gonna have a large fans base there and they may be able to pull away like they did but I'm thinking it's gonna be more of a Tennessee State kind of dog fight for them on this game um, I'd be shocked if Alabama State just let them come in and just run all over them especially early so we'll see but uh, but other than Jackson State is a better team so I'm going Jackson State because Alabama State don't have enough offense. If you can't put up points, you can't beat Jackson State. I agree. Uh, Kofi, were you going to add something? You going to add one more caveat in there? No, I was going to say that Bama State has traditionally been one of those teams that gives Jackson State fits in Montgomery, especially when Jackson State is undefeated. Now, this is a, this is a strong Jackson State team, but – Bama State has the artillery once again to to do this. And college kids have the tendency to play super inspired ball. 
And it's it's real good to be able to talk that noise until somebody busts you in the mouth. And Bama State has the ability to bust Jackson State in the mouth. It's going to be interesting to see how long or how consistent Bama State can be. Um, The difference last year was QB play, and Bama State has a much better QB this year than they did last year. Um, Last year, that game was good for a good half, and Jackson State pulled away late. This year, it's on the road. And Bama State referees are the absolute worst in the history of SWAC refereeing. I'm trying to tell you, they make up stuff. So no, they ain't they worse than they, you can't convince me they worse than Southern. No, I can. It look they they blocked the Southern blocked an entire kick. The ball was went into the end zone recovered by the Southern guy. They found a way to give give uh take the ball back. I was just like, how, how in the world does that happen? Swag referee is um, different. I'm sorry. So I I really think that, look how that, okay go go with me here on this. If we know Jackson State is going to take away the one thing that Bama State does really well, which is run the ball, that's what Jackson State is going to take away. That's going to force Bama State to go to, what, passing the ball? I like the potential of D. Davis in his future. I don't trust it against – you mean to tell me a guy who's thrown less than 60%, three touchdowns and two interceptions, he's only thrown the ball 67 times on the year. You mean to tell me that guy is going to outdo that secondary? No, 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 no. I'm telling you, that total – is 44. Bama State's only hope is to be able to run the ball. Their only hope is if what happens in a Tennessee State game where Jackson State makes three turnovers in the red zone, that's their only chance. If if, if Jackson State gets loose with the ball and keeps them in that game, then you're telling me something. But otherwise, Man, look, go to the bank. Look, folks, here's the cash play of the weekend. If you see that number at 14 and a half and God forbid it gets lower, run. Go to the ATM. Put everything you got on Jackson State and then put it on the over. If you see 44, 45, play the over. Jackson State going to put 45, 50 by themselves. And, yes, Bama State will get a couple of touchdowns, but I'm telling you, run to the bank uh, build you a new deck for the for the winter season because get rich on Jackson State while you can before people figure out what's going on. All right, let's go to our main matchup, FAMU, South Carolina State. Uh, let's go score and bold prediction. I mean, we all know FAM's going to win, but how, by how many, and what's the bold prediction? Kofi, I heard you give a score first, so I'll start with you. Uh, family 31, uh, South Carolina State 17. Okay, okay. Any bold predictions? And, uh, the you know, no bold predictions. This family knows how to play South Carolina State, they know what they're going to have to do. Um, the Buddy Pugh is not necessarily doing anything different. They know this offensive team, they know the screens that they like to run, they know the physicality that South Carolina State is going to have to bring or loves to bring on both sides of the ball. They know what they're up against. Now it just literally comes down to execution. I'm looking for FAMU to um, to continue, or Willie Simmons to have this team playing at a high level on Saturday. 
If that happens, nice. I believe we'll probably run the table. Nice. Kelvin, score, prediction, what you got? This game concerns me a little bit. Um, I know we'll get some some guys back in our run game, so I'm going to predict collectively because we do it by committee that we rush for over 200 yards collectively mm. this game. Mm, okay. That's my bold prediction. And um, I'm looking at a score of 35-21. I think it'll be tight early. And um, I, I believe that uh, it's going to come down to turnovers. Uh, which team is that's going to win the game? One uh, interesting note when I went back and looked at the last six games between us and uh, South Carolina State, only one of those games have been within a touchdown. And, and I'm saying for either side. It, so it, it's mm-hmm. like it's either been a blowout for one team either side. And only one game, and that was the 2019 game, which technically should have been a blowout had we not got too comfortable in last Turnover. fourth quarter. Block punts, two block punts, yes. two, two, two exactly. a big six. Yeah, have, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that should have been a blowout. So with, with that said, I'm going, uh, I'm going FAMU. I'm going to go 28 to 10. I'm going 28-10, FAMU. In this one, and I and my bold prediction. If that scores like that, we gonna run the table. I, well, hey, look, I mean, I it, think it's their first long the game. Now they gonna have a they cry. They gonna have a rabbit crowd. Uh, they gonna come out blazing. I, I think they gonna be have a little success early running. The if, ball. if they they may they may catch us with a seven zero lead, might even catch us ten zero. But I, I think when things settle. I think Isaiah Land will come up with about three sacks, maybe three or four. I think the defense gets at least two interceptions and probably a fumble recovery. That so that's my bold prediction: three and a half, three to four sacks by Land, uh, a couple of interceptions by the defense, and a fumble recovery. That's uh, that's my bold prediction for the uh, for the defense. Uh, so. Again, that's a 2, p, uh, 2 p.m. game. Uh, it's funny. I will be up in that area, but actually I'll be calling a broadcast for uh, Benedict and Miles, but I'll be in Columbia, not far from Orangeburg. That game starts at the same time, so I will hopefully catch up everything. I'll be kind of calling the game and watching the other game on the, on the side, but uh, where will you guys be this weekend? Orangeburg. You're going to the game, Kofi. TB, TBD. To be determined. Okay. To be determined. All right. All right. So, uh, I don't know. Depending upon schedules, Kofi, are you staying up overnight or are you driving back? That's too long for me you to be driving back like that. Yeah. All right. Well, you know. I got we family. I'm good. Game. Post game, oh, okay. I'm gonna just throw this out there. I'm gonna be staying overnight. So post game, if we, we may, lose, we don't may. look for me. I ain't coming out there. I'm gonna be in a very foul, nasty mood. Kelvin, I was talking about doing post game show. Kelvin's like, Kofi's like, nah, don't look for me. I won't be around. Uh, all right, well, we'll see. Maybe we yet? have a post game. Yeah, yeah, good point. So I'll be looking for Kelvin. We'll see. Uh, that's gonna do it for tonight's show. Thanks again to Joshua Padilla. 
Brad Gillins, and of course, Coach Mike Rice for joining us on the night show. Uh, you guys make sure to go follow them uh, on their social media pages. Thank them for watching the show. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app, please, on the Google and Apple App Store. Just search my JBN or my BCSN. And then, of course, go find the stream on the podcast network. That's the BCSN Pod Zone is where you can find the podcast version. Everywhere you listen and download podcasts, that's Spotify, Google, iHeart, all the usual places. So uh, for our producer, Mel, on, on location producing the show, thank you, Mel, for everything you're doing tonight. And uh, for my brothers, Kelvin and Kofi, uh, Rattler Nation, travel to Orangeburg, be safe, and make sure when you get up there, let them Bulldogs know that you're going to strike, strike, and strike again. Good night, everybody. Peace out.